Good morning, church. Oh, Ooh, that was close. My name's Kyle. For those that don't know me, I'm one of the ministers here. Uh, the guy that normally stands here was going to do a wedding. Have you heard the story yet? So he was in Oregon. He may be watching right now. I'm not sure. He's probably asleep after what all happened. But Shade was getting married yesterday, and there was a four-wheeler accident, and there was broken things, and you ought to see a picture of it. I'm just kidding. No, no, that would not be a good idea. Bad idea. Bad idea. He had surgery. Shade had surgery, and they did get married, and so we're waiting to hear more back, but... uh, Brian, we love you guys, and we hope we're, we're, yeah, that's a lot. If you are visiting with us, uh, you're walking into a three, or the third week of a series on welcoming and wanting you here, and loving you here, and sometimes we do a good job of that, and sometimes we don't, but I just want to welcome you here. You're walking into something, you're going... It's just a huge risk because you don't know us. And so I just, I'm, I'm just glad you're here. I, I know today it's, it's one of those things where my, my daughter, she even starts, she goes, you're going to tell a story? And I said, I don't know if I'm going to have time. I got to tell a story. So I'm going to start with a story. It was, it was about 25 years ago, and I was the youth minister, and I, our youth group here at Southwest was awesome. It was big, and it was robust, and we were, we were doing really well in a lot of things, but we were, we liked each other, but we didn't do well with people coming in, and they didn't know it. And I tried to teach on this idea, we tried to talk about it, and I decided that we needed an experience. So I invited five or six kids to experience this with me. So I said, I need you guys to show up at 6 a.m. right out here on the west parking lot and be in your church clothes ready to go. They said, what are we going to do, Kyle? I said, I'm not telling you because then they wouldn't have come. I'm sitting there in the van. They get in the van and they're juiced. They cannot, what are we doing? Where are we going? I said, just let's go. So we start driving south, and we're, we're going to Canyon. What's in, what are we doing? And we pass Canyon, and we pass Plainview, and we pull into Lubbock. And it's like at a frenzied pitch at this point. What are we doing? And I pull up to the Green Lawn Church just right beside Lubbock Christian University. And they say, we're going to Green Lawn. And I looked at Carrie Gibson, and I said, no, Carrie, you're going to Green Lawn. She said, what? And all of a sudden, there was no more fun being had in the van. And because they know me so well, they assumed I was just messing with them, but I wasn't. I said, Carrie, class starts in 10 minutes. I don't know where it is. Go figure it out. And then church, big churches after that, go in there and figure it out. I don't know. Well, what am I supposed to do? Please get out of the van is what you're supposed to do. She still thinks I'm kidding, and the kids aren't sure, and she shuts the door, and I drive off. And I went to five other churches, and I did the exact same thing, and there wasn't anything being said except ugly words about me in that moment. What do you think happened? I, I just want you to think about, and this is 25 years ago. It, it, this is pre-phone. What happened to my kids? 
Only one of them was spoken to. And we sat at lunch talking about an experience of going to someone else's family gathering and feeling like an outsider and wondering, is this how people that walk into our youth group feel? And so I'm wondering, this probably, the youth guys are sitting here and they're all looking at their phone right now, it's actually. I wonder if somebody walked into your room this morning. Would you have noticed? Did you notice? Or did we do what humans do? And the reality is, we don't have to wonder. It happens every single Sunday. People are brave and they wonder, I'm looking for a place, a church family. And some of you have been here your whole life and your grandparents went here and you, you're four generations into this deal. And some people are sitting in this room. I've met some this morning for the very first time and they're going, wonder what this place is about. See, as family members, we talk about Shade's wedding. And we talk about James's funeral tomorrow. And we talk about Tandy's new baby and her kids coming up to see us. And I look around and we talk about family. But what happens when somebody walks in here? We've spent three, two weeks talking about hospitality and engaging each other and the other or the stranger as individuals. Today, we'll take the focus off of you as, a, as an individual. And I want to put the Southwest body in the microscope. Today, I want to talk about Southwest. Last week, Brian used a few texts as vignettes, and I want to to take one of the ones he used, and I want to dig into it a little bit. So turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Brian talked about qualities of Jesus' hospitality last week. Jesus loved those who walked into his life, and he was aware of those people. He had compassion for those people. Hey, Carl, these are, these are up here. There you go. There you go. He walked into places that no other Jew would walk. He saw people and was <laughs> breaking barriers at every turn. He was inclusive. And we, we, we kind of hold back and go, Kyle, but w- what about, and I know there's lots of, but, but Jesus, we have to keep looking at Jesus And so if Jesus is aware and has compassion and breaks barriers and is inclusive, the question has to be asked, are we? Hmm. Read this text with me. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, 
come down here immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and they began to mutter. He has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give you half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today, today, salvation has come to this house. Because this man too, this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what is lost. Today, I want to look at a story that for many of us, it's a kid's story. You grew up in these rooms listening to these stories, and your kids come home with Zacchaeus, and he was a wee little man, and we make short man jokes and all those things, and it's a kid's story, but the Bible just is seldom a kid's story. Most of them pierce and ask really hard questions. So I want to look through three different lenses. As you look at this story first, let's look at it from Zacchaeus's point of view. What was this story like for him? He had money. He was not just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. So he had money, but he probably didn't have friendship. At this point, In history, if you were a tax collector, you were a traitor, and we all know those things, but do you realize that a Jew wouldn't even step foot in his house or vice versa? He's traded everything he had in community and family and faith for a dollar. And he hears a story about a teacher that's different. And he... And he wonders, he's inquisitive, and yet, he, am, am I going to be, can I go? What, what was this story like for him, a traitor who had heard the stories but was curious but nervous? <laughs> what was it like to be him? I think we all know. Because all of us have been the outsider before. Do you know what I mean? My kids were an outsider in Lubbock that day. But all of us as human beings have experienced this moment where whether it was our decisions and things we had done to become a tax collector or not, we know that space where we're not sure if we're okay. Am I invited Can I go to that space and be loved? Or because of something in my life, whether real or perceived, am I okay? And Zacchaeus climbs up in a tree wondering, and he sees him coming. And in a moment, he's given something back that he had completely lost, which was connection. He said, come down here right now. Can you imagine that moment? You can. Where somebody said to you, whether it be through a smile, whether it be through a word or a handshake 
or anything you said. And it wasn't just anybody, it was this guy. This guy had to view church and God and life from a tree. Every Sunday morning, there's a group of us that pray, and almost every single Sunday morning, we pray for the Zacchaeuses of this room this day, of people who walk in here, and we're praying that they will be seen and loved and known. What was this story like for him? I think we know. There's a second group I want to look at, and it's the crowd. They're not named. They're just assumed. They're curious about a teacher. They're curious. They've heard stories. They've heard through the grapevine of some power and some awesomeness. and, And they're good Jews. And so they come out. They're excited. Do they see the guy in the tree? They seem interested in Jesus, but as we watch Jesus through the story, they're interested in Jesus, but they're not interested in the ways of Jesus. Self-righteous? Hateful? Oblivious? Maybe. Maybe they're just there to see the show, a passive bystander, but some are comparing themselves, going, at least I'm not like the guy in the tree, and how in the world, why is this teacher doing that? And this righteous indignation wells up inside of them. What was it like for the crowd that day? I think we know. I don't, I'm not stepping on toes. I'm, I'm letting Jesus do that. But this is all of us, right? We've all been Zacchaeus. And all of us have been in the crowd. Where we look at people because of some issue they have or things they don't have or the way they look or... What was it like to be the crowd that day? I, I think we know. And then there's Jesus. I just, I want to understand him. And, and, and he just does things that I want to do and long to do. And I don't know how to do them some days. And other days I know exactly how to do them and I don't want to do them. And from Jesus' perspective of this story, he's walking along a road and he knows there's the guy I'm supposed to see today. And it's not about the crowd. It's not about how he looks. It's not about how he's perceived. It's not about right doctrine. It's not about being good. It's about that guy in the tree and getting him out and showing him something that he didn't think he could have.
For the Son of Man has come to seek and save what was lost. Three perspectives. And obviously, you're, you're playing with this in your head for yourself. Where do you find yourself? But today, I'm asking, where do you find us? Where do you find Southwest? This is a unique place. 28 years ago, I was 20 years old, and I can still see me walking in these doors that were over this way. That wing wasn't there. And I remember walking in. I remember what I was wearing. I remember Brian Fox, the youth minister. I remember walking into class. I remember Dustin Rhodes that day. I remember all sorts of things 28 years ago. And I have a history with this body. You have loved me through a lot. Whether it be through joy and passion and zeal or arrogance, stupidity, anger. I've been here. I met my wife here. I've had four kids here. Two of all, two have gone to college. Two are sitting here today. This is my home, and I wouldn't trade this place for anything in the world. I walk in here and immediately feel loved. But you do understand that that's not true for everybody sitting here today, right? And what breaks my heart and conscience is the reality that that's partly my fault. This is my home, but it's easy to forget that there are folks who want to be connected and want to be loved and want to get out of the tree that aren't. So where do we see Southwest this morning? Are we in a tree? Are we in the crowd? Or are we actively seeking and inviting and wanting others? I I have a hard question, a difficult question I want to do. And I debated on this, and I'm just going to do it. Who is welcome here? After last week's sermon, I was sitting back in the back talking to my good friend Jeff Pugh. Jeff Pugh, if you don't know him, you should know him. He's one of the kindest, gentlest, loving human beings on this planet. He is the chaplain at the Northwest Texas Hospital uh, amazing man and he began to we, we began to talk about the sermon and we were laughing and he began to tell me about a activity that he does as a chaplain with the nurses the new nurses that come in on dealing with people that come into their hospital it's an activity and I, to do it I want to I want to I'm Jeff I'm changing the words a little bit don't get mad at me sorry he's it's interesting He should be preaching this, number one. And number two, he's at another church this morning talking about grief and pain because they asked him to come. So, Jeff, sorry. I want you to think of it this way. There are three levels that he talks about in this activity of connection and belonging. The first one is greet. So picture it as a circle, a space this is what, what happens, should happen to everyone that walks in this door. They are greeted when you walk in. Hi, 
How are you? I see you. I notice you. I'm glad you're here. But there's a next level, right? You are welcome here. You're wanted here. I see past whatever that is, and I see you as a human being. I see you as somebody that has the same hurts and pains and desires and longings because you're human. And so instead of dehumanizing people, which is what our world is good at, the second space is we humanize people. And the last one is engage. I see who you are. I want to know more. I accept you. I listen to you and I offer relationship to you. You see the three spots? Well, here's what he does. He hands each of the nurses a handful of strips of paper and he says this, one of you is going to open and read a people group that is in the Amarillo community and the moment you hear it, don't think, Don't try to rationalize. You must move to one of these three spaces that you as a human being would naturally offer to that group. And he said, the nurses, boy, they want to talk about it. And he he opens it and they move. And then they feel guilt. I can only give this much connection and community to this person. Can you imagine that conversation? I would like to do that exercise right now. You're like, no way. I'm going to call on five of you. No, I'm just kidding. If you're looking at the floor, you're really glad I'm not really doing that right now. But I'm just going to say some names of people groups. And I want you to put yourself in one of these three spots. You don't get to think about it. You don't get to churchify it. You don't get to rationalize it. You just have to move because you know. If this person walked in or this family group walked in, what would you offer them? Ready? An atheist. A refugee. Wait, wait, should I go here? Should I? You feel it? A teenage pregnant girl. A transgender student. an African-American family. Remember, you don't get to tell me what you should do. I don't get to tell you what I want to do. I want you to react with your gut. A homeless woman. A United States senator on the opposite party. An Hispanic man 
what are, what are you hoping I don't say right now? How are we doing as a body at welcoming others? When your life group meets tonight or this week, I dare you. Because as we rationalize what to do with people, we serve a king that left the 99 for the one, that went and hung out with the woman at the well, that went and sat in front the woman caught in adultery, the man who took a tax collector and made him one of his inner circle in Matthew, whose idea of love is a cross and a towel. And I say all these things, and if you know me, you're going, Kyle, you're not the guy to preach this. I'm never the guy to preach any of this. That's how we all... I know the question is this. How do I do this? How in the world am I supposed to? Because we we've all have things inside of us that we don't know what to do with. We're broken. We are in a tree at times, right? How do I do this? I think it's funny. I I teach all ages. My favorite teaching moment is fifth and sixth graders. They're by far way more fun than any of you are because they will say what they think and they don't mind. And sometimes I look at them and go, huh? But it's so much fun. Well, Well, guess what? This text that I'm going to offer you today of the how is the text we used at base camp. If you watch them come up, you go, oh, it's so cute when the kids go to camp. I find that if we would internalize the messages that we get when we're kids, it might be a little different. Here's the text, John 15, 12. Love each other, other, the word is other. Love each other as I have loved you. See, remember who you are. You're in a tree sometimes. You're broken. What comes out of your mind and heart and head sometimes, you know you're just like, oh. You're broken You don't have all the answers. Your theology isn't exactly right. The churches of Christ haven't gotten everything figured out. We're in a tree sometimes. Remember who you are. And we are desperate for that king to walk up to us and go, come down here right now. Does anybody else have the problem of climbing back in the tree? Over and again. And Jesus shows back up and goes, could you come down again? See, we get stuck. (laughs) Some of us stay in the tree and you say, Kyle, I can't offer that kind of love to people because I'm the one that needs it. I have this brokenness and pain and I'm in the tree. So when I get out of the tree, then I will do that. Never will work. Remember when you said, "When, when I get to high school, then I will. 
When I get my driver's license, then I will. When I get married, then I'll take this seriously. When I have children, then... It just keeps moving. No, we get stuck in a tree and we say, I can't do this because that's too hard and I'm not in a good place. I hear that. I'm not in a good place. Roger, when you said that last week, I I haven't... If you weren't here last week, Roger Gist... (laughs) blew my heart and my mind as his yoke is easy life is hard life is hard but his yoke is easy we get stuck in a tree thinking that that's where I belong that's my identity and it's not but we also get stuck in the crowd We're watching passively or arrogantly or we stand off to the side and say, I can't be with that. Guys, we're incredibly homogeneous here. We look a lot alike. How do I do this? just want you to think I just want you to wrestle as a body of believers and look around and go are we stuck in a tree or are we just stuck in a crowd I don't notice anybody else that's in my section or in this room or in this space I've got my community I've been here 28 years this is my family or do we look at this from the perspective of Jesus going who's in a tree around here It's called looking for divine interruptions. It's called looking for people. Jeff Pugh calls it disturbing people with your care. It's called listening to the Holy Spirit. Who's the best person you've ever seen do this? Just think about who, who's the who at this bo- in this body would you go? They just, I can't, I always, always, always will think of Hank Northcutt, who many of you sadly don't remember. (laughs) If you went to lunch with Hank Northcutt, chances are you were going to pick somebody up off the road and go with him. You could not be in this building without being loved. If he, if you, that's what I want. This is tough, I get it. You're like, this is supposed to be encouraging church is supposed to be encouraging. I love when people say, yes, it is. It's supposed to be encouraging for all of us. All of us. <laughs> the reason I got to preach this, other than uh, the fact that Brian was gone, is because I went to him a few months ago and said, I need help. How do I change? How, how do we help our culture? We're pretty good. How do we move forward? I would like to invite some people to join me in creating a better culture for our church. And, and if you know Brian, he goes, you should preach about that. He's always trying to get out of preaching. Have you noticed that every time you say an idea, he tells me I should preach about it. I'm like, this is a trick. And I fall for it every time. Here's what I'm looking for today. I'm not looking for the person that's going, oh man, I, I should do better. I, I, 
I hope God does his thing. I'm looking for the person who's sitting here or the, I, I don't even want to put numbers on it. If you're sitting there going, we need, I, I want to help. I, there's something in your heart as you hear this story and you go, I don't know what we could do, but I want to be a part of doing it. I want you to text me. I want you to call me. Put, put that up there on the board for me. Because the reality is, whether you're in the tree or whether you're in the crowd or whether we're going to see this as the king, it can't be based on a couple of ministers doing a couple of things. I'm looking for people who go, my heart beats for those who are other. My heart beats for this body and and I want to help create a, a better culture. I want to sit down, I don't know. We might have to have a big room. It may be a very small room. I don't know. And I want to hear your ideas. The idea is once a month, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about, we're going to try things. We're going to take swings. I had, I had a friend come to my office this week. He's watching online right now. And he said, Kyle, what if we tried this? And he gave me this idea. And I go, I want to sit down with people who want to help our body do this. And I want to take a swing because it's crushing for me to think that somebody's sitting in here going, I don't belong. I can say it from up here, you belong. But it will be up to us to make those people feel and in not just welcome and not just in this space, but into this space. Elders, can I invite you to take your spots? Uh, the reality is some of you today really may be stuck in a tree and you are hurting and you are broken and you are wondering if you fit that's why these folks are here we know what that feels like and we want to be there with you some of you are stuck in a crowd and you feel a little attacked by me this morning because you haven't seen and 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 the Spirit is inviting you to see some things differently. That's why we're here. Some of you may be amazed that there is a king who would want somebody like you to bring you out of the tree and say, you're mine, and you may want to give your life to him today. I don't know what you need, but we desperately want to try to walk with you in any way we can. If you need anything, come as we stand and as we sing.